Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. By the way, and uh, kind of talking about our last conversation, Brad said he boiled a chicken. They had to rebuild his, his skeleton back in the day. We were oh, talking for about a science science project. I yeah. guess, man. I guess. So that's uh, we've we've had a few texts about that this I morning. Boiled a few chickens, but they weren't science projects. <laughs> no. They were barbecuing Eat, projects, eating you know, projects, gumbo made more more like gumbo making them boiling the chicken. Yeah, let's welcome in Jack Pilgrim again, Kentucky Sports Radio. He's going to be in Rupp tonight. Jack, I'm kind of jealous, man. I hadn't been Rupp in like ten years. Watch Baylor and Kentucky do battle back in day. What's the atmosphere you think going to be like tonight? Yeah, actually, I think we've been stringing together some of the best atmospheres at Rupp Arena uh, the last couple games, uh, uh, hosting Florida th- this past weekend, and then uh, just a little bit before the Kansas game. So I think Rupp Arena is just finally starting to find its groove on the season. So uh, I think uh, it's it's building up to a pretty special night here in, in Rupp Arena tonight. So we do this show with the voice of the Razorbacks, and I know it's going to be weird for him starting at 9 o'clock tip-off tonight. I know it's going to be a late one for Kentucky fans. I wonder, as a guy that gets to talk with Wildcat Nation every day, how much does this rivalry mean to them in 2023 relative to what it meant in the 90s? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think uh, this rivalry is definitely kind of building up uh, year by year is the, you know, the recruiting classes are starting to kind of match each other. And, uh, you know, the energy that Eric Musselman brings, I think, is, is kind of lighting a fire under John Calipari a little bit, you know, on the court, uh, you know, on the recruiting trail, things like that. So uh, I definitely think it's meaning more to uh, both sides of, of the equation. And I think just as the SEC continues to get better and better, uh, I, I think every game means so much more, you know, now than it did at the beginning of the John Calipari era in Lexington. And uh, I, I know for certain that this game in particular is one that Kentucky fans have circled on it, on their calendar uh, at, at the start of the season. And, and uh, I definitely think that the way this season has been, I, I think, moving for both teams, uh, you, you know, some early struggles in SEC play, and then as of late, both teams kind of finding their strides. Uh, right at the right time, I think it's it's building up to a pretty special, uh, pretty special atmosphere, pretty special night at Rupp Arena, and uh, yeah, I think the rivalry is a big part of that. I think it's uh, several years in the making, but I think that tonight in particular is going to be a really, really special one. Kentucky averaging 38 rebounds a game behind Oscar Shibway, who's getting 16 points and 14 boards night in, night out. Uh, talk about his season. Obviously, he was in the conversation for Naismith Player of the Year last year because of. Those two numbers he was uh, putting together. Have you seen marked improvement? He made the decision to come back. Has it been the right decision for Oscar Shibway? 
Yeah, yeah, that that's kind of been a very significant topic and, and talking point for uh, you know all of us up here. It's actually been a little bit of an underwhelming season for Oscar Sheboy. I think uh, teams are starting to zero in on him a little bit and and you know put him at the top of their scouting report and know what worked for him last year and what didn't last year. Uh, understanding that he really struggles uh, at defending the pick and roll and, and really struggles against you know length and things like that. Um, you know, he's a, a below the basket player, six nine, two hundred sixty five pounds. Uh, yeah, he he's going to be a bulldozer down low, and he's going to throw you around and and you know really you know outwork you and and out physical you. But uh, if you can be get if you can you know throw length at him and then athleticism and play above the rim, uh, he, he's really vulnerable in those areas. And, and lately, uh, especially, he's been really you know just admittedly he's been bad in, in defending the pick and roll. And I think other teams have exposed him in that area. Uh, and here, as of late, he's actually had some pretty poor performances. Just this past uh, game, he goes two for fourteen. Four points. He had 15 rebounds, obviously, but three turnovers and, and fouled out by fouls. And uh, one of his worst kind of all-around performances as a Wildcat. And I know it sounds crazy considering he still had 15 rebounds. I think he had, I think he had seven in the first four minutes. So he was, you know, starting things out with a, you know, it seemed like we, he was trending toward a historic performance again. But uh, yeah, really kind of tailed off there at the end and, and kind of ended things with, with a pretty poor all-around performance. Uh, and the team is trying to learn how to uh, adapt uh, around him and how to, to, you know, have other pieces live up to the occasion and, uh, you know, put together. So this, this team was very one-dimensional there to start SEC play, and that's where some of the team's biggest struggles came from. Uh, so having other guys kind of build on, on solid performances and, you know, figure themselves out while Oscar's kind of getting figured out by other teams, I think that's kind of what has been – you know, really successful for Kentucky as of late. Other guys are stepping up as as teams are kind of zeroing in on Oscar on the on their scouting reports. Most teams against the Razorbacks this year, Jack, have, have played some kind of zone. There's been Alabama and maybe one other team that played fully man, you know, tip to the end of the game. What do you expect uh, Calipari to to draw up tonight against the Razorbacks? How much zone will we see, if any, from Kentucky trying to defend the Razorbacks? Well, I think you can count on one hand the amount of times that, that John Calipari has uh, put together successful strings of zone. That is just not his forte. He is very much a uh, live and die by the man and, and see how it works out. So I 100% do not envision uh, any zone being thrown out by John Calipari today. I think it's going to be uh, athlete against athlete, and, and I think it, it's going to set up for a fun matchup, but, but it, it could uh, de- definitely not going to be seen in the zone tonight, I don't think. I don't think so. Jack, it was a fun matchup, but Bud won last year. Oscar Sheboy did live up to his potential, as did J.D. Note back and forth between the Cats and the Hogs. I wonder this year, there's same some of the same players from last season with Sheboy, Severe Wheeler, Toppin. Toppin's the guy to me that has taken the biggest step for this team. He looked shell-shocked in Bud Walton last year. Where have you seen his growth in 2023? Yeah, Jacob has been an unbelievable story. Uh, I mean, at at Missouri this year, he looked the worst that I've seen him uh, in a Kentucky uniform. Uh, Absolutely unplayable on on both ends, just kind of a black hole on offense, uh, floating around the perimeter, jacking up shots. Look, this is a kid that came in with first round draft pick, you know, expectations for himself personally. I think 
uh, you know, he got some people in his ear, uh, his brother being Obi Toppin, a former lottery pick. Uh, when you have those people in your ear saying, well, you got to be like your brother, you got to, you know, take that next step up like the, like your brother did, your brother uh, at this year, at, at this stage, exploded as the National Player of the Year in college basketball. Well, uh, you know, now is your time. So there's so much weight on his shoulders going into the year that to start the year, admittedly, he just was not very good. He, he was trying to do too much. You know, he's a 6'10", uh, you know, versatile two-way forward with a 45-inch vertical. Uh, so, you know, I think he wanted to show that he was more than just an athlete. He wanted to show that he could knock down jump shots from, you know, all three levels and be, you know, that, that really, uh, you know, significant all-around player that, that would burst him into, you know, lottery status. And uh, he just has not been that player to start the year. And uh, he got into a really dark place. He's really open and vulnerable about just kind of where he was mentally and saying, you know, I'm I'm not okay right now. Like, I, I I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm in the gym. I'm getting shots up, and, and I'm, I'm playing very well you know, in practice. But for whatever reason, it's just not coming together in games. And, and you could t- kind of tell mentally he was just not all there. Uh, as of late, he's been stringing together really, really, really strong performances. And I think understanding for him that I don't have to be great. I, I just have to be good because I have so much other talent around me that uh, you know, uh, other people can carry some of the scoring load and the rebounding load and the defensive load as well, that I can just be me and be myself and be a really darn productive player. So I think that's what we're seeing as of late, uh, 17 points or eight, 17, 18 points and 10 rebounds this, this most recent game. Um, and, and one of my favorite performances of his as of late, you know, really stepping up defensively and, uh, you know, attacking the glass. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think Jacob Toppin has been a huge, uh, huge point of emphasis here as of late, and uh, I think he's going to be crucial to Kentucky's success down the stretch. Jack, I listened to Cal talk a little bit about Arkansas. If you're John Calipari, it was J.D. Note last year. They couldn't stop him at any point during that game. What is your main focus preventing the Razorbacks with walking off or up with the victory tonight? Yeah, listen to him last night, listen to Orlando Antigua, a uh, very clear point of emphasis uh, on Kentucky's end about the, the big, uh, strong physical guards that Arkansas has and, and you know, their ability to, to get to the basket. And, uh, you know, just defending straight line drives has been a, an issue for, for Kentucky. Uh, that's kind of been an issue with, with Xavier Wheeler, why he has kind of taken a step back and why Cal has kind of pushed him to the bench and, and is now bringing him off the bench as kind of that spark plug energy guy uh, because of some of his, his defensive you know vulnerabilities. I think Kaysen Wallace is an elite defender. I'm really excited to see uh, who he guards. I think there's a lot of unique matchups uh, here on the table. Who guards Anthony Black? You know, that versatile, long, uh, you know, big guard that, that is capable of, of doing, you know, pretty special things at all three levels. Who, who is going to guard him? Um, you know, I was going to ask you guys the, the latest on Nick Smith Jr. He's obviously a, a special talent. Uh, I, I, my understanding that he's probably not going to play, but, um, you know, if, if he, for whatever reason, gets thrust back into the lineup, that would obviously throw, throw a wrench into uh, Kentucky's plans as well. But uh, definitely a big point of emphasis on, on the big guards and attacking straight line drafts at the basket. We'd be more surprised than you if Nick Smith played. Yeah, tonight. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Good. Yeah this Saturday or next Saturday at home, but I would be, if his opening mm-hmm. game was in Rupp Arena coming back, that is, uh, that's asking a lot, Jack. Yeah. Well, good. I, I mean, <laughs> I always want, I, I was a big fan of his in high school. He uh, considered Kentucky quite a bit, and I followed his recruitment very closely. So I'm rooting for him, and I know that he's a special talent. So 
Uh, hopefully he, he gets back on the floor sooner rather than later, but uh, maybe selfishly, I'm I'm a little glad that it won't be his return at Rupp Arena. So let's talk about what's at stake tonight, Jack. Because I know, I know there's you know still nearly half of the SEC schedule, but if you subscribe to um, Joe Lenardi and the bracketology look at it, this is a big game uh, from what Lenardi has because these are two of the four teams that you're getting the last buys in the uh, NCAA tournament, trying to stay out of that last four in and that first four out group. Uh, Anyone in Kentucky talking about that and uh, and the league standings from trying to get to that fourth seed? Seems like there's a lot on the line with some time to go in the SEC. Yeah, and I think it was to a lesser extent against Florida. I think Kentucky, you know, proved itself to be a you know not significantly better uh, team than Florida, but definitely uh, probably firmly ahead of them, of them in the the SEC standings. But this is the matchup going into to this one in particular that everybody is going. All right, well this this will determine you know how things shake out in the SEC and how many you know even potentially SEC teams get in into the NCAA tournament. I think they're both pretty uh, solidly SEC teams, and I think that will shake out to close out the the rest of the, the rest of the regular season. But uh, you know, just in terms of of seeding and things like that, it's definitely a, a crucial matchup. Uh, like I said, both teams starting to define their grooves as of late after difficult struggles to start it, start their SEC play and, uh, you know, trying to find themselves and their identities, both teams going through some injury issues. Um, I think that it's kind of a personal identity game for both teams. So who, you know, who is willing to step up to the challenge, a big matchup, you know, Tuesday night matchup. Um, I think, yeah, I think this is going to be a pretty significant one in terms of SEC uh, final standings and, you know, who did, I guess depending on who's going to be playing on what day in the SEC tournament could be, uh, you know, somebody playing on, on, on Thursday versus Friday. And uh, it's always a great thing to have you know, a little bit more rest there down in Nashville. So uh, definitely one that, that I'm certainly excited about. What's your opinion of this conference as a whole? Nine teams in the top 50 of the net ranking more than any other conference. Where where in your mind does the SEC rank nationally right now? Where where do they stack up in your opinion nationally with the other conferences? Yeah, it's got to be at the top or or at the very near top. Uh, I mean, just in terms of overall depth and you know, knowing that you can go into a, a Tuesday and obviously this this matchup is different, but uh, you can go to any Tuesday night matchup at nine o'clock or uh, you know Saturday at noon matchup or whatever, and it'd be a high profile game. Uh, two teams capable of beating each other on any given night, and uh, that's kind of what makes this conference so special. And uh, I think this is what's preparing Kentucky and, and Arkansas, and you know even Alabama, Tennessee, the other teams at the top of the, those rankings, uh, preparing them best for the NCAA tournament, preparing them for the SEC tournament. You know Gonzaga going through uh, their conference is getting a little bit better, but still uh, they have to build up their non-conference schedule because the conference play is such a cakewalk that. You know they have to, or else they're just simply not prepared for the SEC for the for their uh, you know for the NCAA tournament. So uh, you get Kentucky and you get Arkansas and, and, and teams like that. That uh, yeah, they might beat each other up and and make things ugly midseason at the beginning in the beginning of, of conference play. But by the very end of things, that's why we see these teams playing at the best of their abilities and why the SEC tournament is so special. And uh, and you know I, I do think that's what's going to lead to a pretty significant number of, of SEC teams playing in the NCAA tournament, and that's always a good thing. I always like uh, the representation of uh, the best conference in, in all of college basketball and all of college sports getting you know getting their time to shine in the NCAA. 
Jack Pilgrim, Kentucky Sports Radio. We'll leave it there, man. We appreciate you waking up early with us this morning. Enjoy the game tonight, and hopefully we'll have another uh, barn burner inside of Rupp Arena between the Cats and the Hogs. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, guys. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore, he's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785, 531-2785, online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm, if they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Our last two games, you've seen a lineup of Makai Mitchell, Mikel Mitchell, Ricky Council, Anthony Black, and Devontae Davis. But Musk said he didn't know what about the starting lineup tonight. Guys are still developing roles. That's kind of where our team has been. And certainly Graham coming off the bench tonight offensively. And, you know, I'm not sure how we will start going into the Kentucky game. We'll, we'll meet as a staff and discuss that. Is that gamemanship or do you expect them to switch it up again? I don't know why we would think a coach who has not had a consistent starting five for, you know, the last six or eight, ten games in a row would tell us that. I don't know why anyone would expect. In fact, I'd almost be, you know, raising my eyebrows and cocking my head to the right if my if my coach came out at this point and said, "Yeah, here's the five I'm going to start, and here's what we're going to do in a game like this." So he gave exactly the answer that you would expect, and I don't think he's just wringing his hands or really mulling it over on what he's going to do. He didn't get on that plane yesterday without a plan of who he was going to start. Do you think we see that same starting lineup? That well, I mean, tonight? with Sheboy, um, there's certainly a lot of merit to going big early. But there's also some, I could argue that the, the reverse of that, that you need to make sure you got plenty of fouls to use on that guy. Jack Pilgrim with us in hour one. Great conversation about how uh, teams have given uh, fits to Sheboy on the pick and roll. Trust me, Eric Musselman's known this for weeks and has been working on that for weeks. If if we in the media notice something, they've noticed it weeks ago and have already have a plan. So that will be interesting tonight to see how that part of the uh, the game within the game unfolds with Oscar Sheboy. But I just look at a guy like Sheboy as, hey, you need five fouls from both Mitchells, so there's ten. You got Jordan Walls for five more. Uh, maybe Ricky Counts or Kamani Johnson probably be a better a better one. That there's five more, so I got like twenty fouls to use up on this dude. Both that's these, what you're going to have to do. Both these teams defend well. Wouldn't be surprised if this was a very physical, high free throw volume shooting tonight. Now Kentucky is the number one team in the conference in blocks, number two in steals. They get after you defensively, and Arkansas is going to have to be ready to that. They got to go up physical tonight. Sheboy is not the only one. There's several guys that block shots. Pilgrim was telling us about Jacob Toppin, who was not the same. Toppin. He was baby Toppin last year in Bud Walner, and he's not the same kid this year. He played has played a lot better this season. It's going to be an issue for Arkansas. 
I think, tonight in this game. Tommy, I was talking with some Arkansas fans about this. Is it is it jumping the gun if you're already looking at first and second round NCAA tournament? And I guess it's just first, second round NCAA tournament sites. I mean, are you at a point now where you're pretty sure this team is going to win for their next eight and make the tournament? We'll talk about well, that with Bruce coming up in a bit. Games we think they might win, get they lose. But I was just looking at kind of the tournament sites last night on where they're going to potentially play if they make the tourney. Well, I, I think it's, you know, you can look up where they're playing. I wouldn't be booking anything. Do I think, do I believe Arkansas will be one of probably six teams from the SEC that get in? Yes. I think Arkansas makes the tournament. Um, tonight's a big game. I mean, if you subscribe to Lenardi's way of thinking on the bracket, then this is a big game for the last teams with buys. You could be moved to the first four in and probably, or the last four in, I should say, the last four in uh, will probably be where the loser goes of this game tonight. So, I mean, there's still time. There's still lots of games. You know, you know, you look at, you know, you've played 10 games at this point in SEC play. You've still got eight to go. So, I mean, you got nearly half the schedule. So, um, you know, you can't draw any conclusions after tonight. But I, you know, Arkansas, here's the scary thing with Arkansas, and you hate to even bring it up because you think you're jinxing things, but we don't have that kind of power. Arkansas's one critical injury away from about one of three players that you lost at this point from the whole thing just crashing down on you. And that's what you got to have. You, you've had you had Brazil and, and, and Nick Smith, obviously. If you lost another one of your critical players, that that's what could put you out. I think it's injuries the biggest threat to this team as far as making the tournament. Neither team ranked heading into tonight's game. I don't know how many times it's happened in the history of these two programs when they battle where both teams haven't been ranked. I know there was a B.J. Young game back in the day where they won in Bud Walton where neither team, if I remember, was ranked. But a lot of times, Kentucky's been the team that's ranked. You haven't been. Mm-hmm. Now, you went, last time you stepped foot in Rupp, Rupp Arena, I think you were ranked. And Kentucky, that was a really bad Kentucky team two years ago, and they were awful that season. we got to remember, Wildcats haven't won an NCAA tournament game in four years, y'all. I guess it's five now because it's 2023. It's been quite some time. They got to figure it out. I mean, Cal's got pressure on them this year. They lost to St. Peter's and Doug Eater last year. They've got pressure on them this year. People were really wondering when they were going in that lull, what was going to happen. They've responded, won six straight. They need this win tonight. They need to prove again because Arkansas has had the better of them lately. And I know that ticks Kentucky fans off, to be honest. Yeah. You know, there's only two SEC teams ranked in the AP poll, and that's obviously Alabama and Tennessee that are vying for one seeds at this point. But um, this league has nine teams in the top 50 of the net ranking, if you if you look and pay attention to that. So it is unusual, though, that Arkansas and Kentucky get together and neither team is ranked, but they're right there together, very even when it comes to the, uh, the net ranking. Arkansas is at 28 this morning. Kentucky's at 32. So Razorback's still third in the Southeastern Conference behind yes. Tennessee Yeah, you got Alabama. T- yeah, we'll go over some of these metrics a little closer, but yes. Tennessee's number one, Alabama's number two in this league, Arkansas's third at 28. So big game from that perspective, I guess, to, to some degree tonight as as well. Introducing Your Choice Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one 50% off on our traditional wings on Tuesdays. Then the best thing about Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings is buy one, get one free on our boneless wings. Both offers are now available for dining and carryout. Some exclusions apply. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and in Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Roar! 
Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Arkansas initially opened on the Bet Saracen app as a three and a half point favorite. They're now a five and a half point underdog. I said that wrong. They opened as a three and a half point underdog and are now a five and a half point underdog as they step foot into Rupp Arena tonight. Eight o'clock tip off right here on ESPN Arkansas and hit that line.com. Derek and Zach will have hog reaction later on tonight. Tommy, I'm excited for this game. It's always fun with the Wildcats and the Hogs go out on the hardwood. Well, it means a lot. I mean, it means a lot to the fans, especially the fans of the Razorbacks. Um, it's like winning a football game against Alabama and maybe even Georgia a little bit right now. But Alabama's still the gold standard in this league. Georgia's not quite there in the in the eyes of the of the public. Uh, so yeah, it, it it is a energizing opportunity. Uh, Arkansas needs it tonight for a lot of reasons. Conference standings, you're still behind um, that group ahead of you that's got seven and eight wins. Here's your chance to get to six and five, knock them down one more loss in the column. So there's a lot at stake tonight. A lot of games left to play with eight to go, but um, it's a, it's an important game tonight for a, for a lot of reasons. I was not there at the Swatters Club yesterday, but Dave Van Horn had a good chunk of things to say and i was cracking up uh of all the things he talked about apparently the guys are really competitive in ping pong this year that's something that he was uh discussing he said that he also mentioned that he's pushing these guys harder in the offseason he usually does because if he likes he, he, he needed to i was talking with um someone who had had been around heston kerstad uh, over the last over this past weekend he's been in town training a lot of these pro hogs come back here and train um, during the offseason because the facilities at the University of Arkansas are better than anything you're going to mm-hmm. see in minor league baseball or professional baseball. And his conversation with Heston, he was talking about these pitchers and that Juco lefty that uh, that they've gotten just that Arkansas strength in pitching. And some of those guys were trying to to hit on some of these, these, uh, col- these pros were trying to hit against these college players and not having a lot of luck. So uh, uh, I think, you know, that, that gives you some – some hope that, hey, maybe early and particularly down there in Texas uh, against some good Big 12 mm-hmm. teams, you could have some success uh, in that situation. I saw they had the, the, the scrimmage yesterday. Was it Zach Morris? I know it was one of the starters. There was another one. I, I, I didn't go back and read the, the, the recaps of that. But, you know, we're getting close. And uh, what, not this weekend, but next weekend, it is on for real. Hagen Smith, Brady Tiger, McIntyre, Morris, and then you brought up the Juco. I think there's a lefty from Nebraska as well. I mean, that's a lot of, I mean, D1 baseball has, I think Arkansas's pitching staff is the best in the Southeastern Conference. I think it's also ranked as the best in baseball. Now, those are the preseason expectations. The postseason awards hopefully are similar to what you're hearing about this baseball team. But yeah, next weekend, I know Phil Elson's excited. I know all y'all are excited that follow Arkansas baseball closely. It'll be here before you know it again next week. And just a reminder, James Teague starts joining at halftime at 12-15. So we'll get some insight from him this baseball season on kind of what's going on with Dave Van Horn's squad. Uh, last thing here, Tommy. All right, so looking at 
this these remaining eight games for Arkansas basketball at Kentucky tonight, at home against Mississippi State on Saturday, at Texas A&M versus Florida next Saturday. And you get Georgia at home, back-to-back road games in Tuscaloosa and Knoxville. And you close out against Kentucky. Can they go four? Are you expecting four and four? I was just kind of doing the tallying real quick. Uh, lose that one, win that one. I have them at four and four in these remaining eight games. Well, that would put you at nine and nine at the end of uh, the SEC. If you can find it, in I, I would. Can I assume you expect to win all the home games and lose the road games? Is I that, put down every road loss and every home win. Okay, yeah. So, and that by winning at South Carolina, that was the path to nine, the most logical path to nine and nine. Obviously, if you can steal one of those games, any of those games on the road, uh, ten and eight in this league, I think you're you're safely in the tournament. We'll see what the seeding, but if you steal two of those on the road, can can maybe you get to a seven seed? I think we put too much emphasis sometimes on the conference tournament and what you can do. Maybe you can jump one seed at the conference tournament by winning a few games. I don't know if Arkansas can get to number four in this league in the seeding. We'll see as far as conference tournament seeding. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to play for, a lot of opportunity there, but you cannot lose a home game, including the last one to Kentucky. That's why I'd like to see him steal one on the road somewhere ahead of that last one because there's nothing guaranteed, no givens against Kentucky coming to your house. Yeah, just to be safe. That's going to do it for your hog update, brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888 Sparky. All right, let's go down to Camden and welcome in Charlie. Charlie, I, I actually had my neighbor was from Camden, and back in the day, you probably know this, it used to be divided up between Camden and Fairview. I know it's Camden Fairview now, but uh, nice little nugget as we welcome you in this morning. Well, I appreciate you sharing me that, uh, sharing that with me. So, yeah, definitely. I know there is. There's also uh, East Camden, so uh, where I'm actually sitting at right now, uh, trying not to lose service as I talk to you guys. Can you hear me good? We can hear you great. Okay, well, I want to say tonight is going to be a, definitely a challenge. I think defensively is obviously the the key for us because, you know, I know Sheway is dominant, and I get all that. But how much y'all want to bet tonight he don't go two for 14 like he did against Florida? <laughs> I know he had 14 rebounds, but I, I don't bet he shoots two for 14. I bet it's a little bit closer to seven for 14. My thing is, it's not about Sheway tonight. I know he's he can dominate the game. I get all that. But, guys, they got three or four guys who are shooting. Uh, quote, I know I know one of the guys uh, is in the mid-30s, but he's in his career in the 40s from three. We got to do a good job of running these guys off the line. Now, I know Sheway is dominant. I get all that. But when you're playing there... Uh, we just we cannot get in a shootout with these guys at their house because we're not going to win it. Yeah, the two and, uh, the two guys you're talking about, CJ Frederick is the transfer from Iowa. Antonio yep. Reeves is the transfer from not Kent State. I can't remember, but those are the two guys that have been knocking down shots. Casey Wallace has the ability to knock down a three yep. as well. Yeah, and they can get all get. To, I don't know if uh, is it the six three the white guy. I don't know if he can get to the rim as well as the other guys, but I know Wallace can. I think the thing is, we, we we just have to take away the three as best as we can, and not allow that to be a huge factor. If Sheway has his day, so be it. It's kind of similar to last year to me. We just got We got to keep up. We got to we got to get it to the end of the game and find a way. That's that's our chance. And uh, five and a half point underdog. That's about right. I, I think that's 
Ty, you have them losing tonight, but hey, anything can happen, and I'm with you. I think they probably come up short tonight, but we'll see what happens. Y'all have a great day. Thanks, Charlie. Go back to the formula last year. Colin Castleton, Walker Kessler, Oscar Shibway, they all abused you. Even Drew Timmy had a good game against you in the NCAA tournament. You won every single one of those games. Every single one of them. Doesn't really matter. As long as the other guys aren't knocking down a bunch of threes, you're not getting up 10 threes tonight, you got a chance to win this game tonight. Even if Oscar gets his... I mean, they traded up twos for threes last year. I know this team last season could shoot a little better than this year, but you won every single one of those games. All right, 8 o'clock tonight. We'll have it for you here on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Welcome in, Tom Murphy, now Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports. Tom, Eric Musselman was talking about after the game, the many film sessions that they can get in because it's a later game tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central time. As we welcome you in this morning, how is it? how important is it that they kind of get that extra time to go over Wildcat personnel? Good morning, everybody. Yeah, it's big stuff. I, I mean, they're also, I mean, this staff, we, we know that they're well-known for their scouting reports, their prep, um, and the better they can execute them. And, I mean, I'll tell you, step one is to try to keep Kentucky off the board because Sheboy has so many offensive rebounds. They got a lot of guys who go in there and, and get on the board. So um, I thought it was funny. I heard a lot of the um, uh, lead-up to my segment here and the, the call, Chuck Barrett's call of the win from there. Uh, I've actually been there two or three times when teams have beaten Kentucky. Uh, and it's such a rare deal that, like, I'm, I'm – I know I was there one time when Alabama beat them. I was there when Arkansas went 16 of 16 from the free throw line, the overtime game, and I guess it was 14 um, when Kentucky could not jump shoot. They had to get it in the lane, and uh, that team with Portis and, and that bunch, I think Qualls and uh, Kai Madden and Kiko, they they went and Cody uh, Clark went 16 of 16 from the free throw line to beat Kentucky. So it's a rare deal. I think this team has the talent to do it. They just have to be on. You mentioned that 2013-2014 year. Tom, this is only the second time in the history of the league since Arkansas joined that Kentucky and Arkansas played twice in a season. They beat them twice that year. Qualls, Dunk, and that OT win you addressed. I mean, how unique is it the fact that these two teams rarely play each other twice a year? Yeah, it's it's pretty unique. And, um, yeah, they beat them in overtime both of those games that year. 
And I just think <clears throat> that the, the way the uh, traditional matchups go, that Florida prefers to play like, a, uh, excuse me, Kentucky prefers to play like a Florida twice or a Tennessee twice, more of their longstanding rivals. And that's why Arkansas has tr- the traditional A um, and M and LSU and Missouri twice. And so when you rotate the others through, you just don't see them as often. But, you know, <clears throat> this rivalry was really strong when Arkansas joined the league. It may have been about the best when um, when Arkansas got in the league. And um, when Arkansas basketball is good, uh, because you know Kentucky's going to be up there, um, it, it pulls the whole SEC up when Arkansas is good. And, um, I mean, this game could have been a little higher magnitude if Arkansas hadn't had the injuries and some losses. Uh, but, hey, if South Carolina won there, then Arkansas has a chance to win there as well. Eight games to go. Arkansas <clears throat> seems to be safely in the tournament. What's what's the biggest threat to this team with eight regular season games to go in the in the conference tournament of not making the tournament? Well, I'll tell you the biggest threat. Look at that schedule. Nobody has as hard of a schedule remaining. They're playing these contenders on the road in their final game. Bama, Tennessee. Kentucky, A&M, they have all those teams on the road. They have Florida still still to come in here. And, I mean, I, I know Georgia and Mississippi State are thrown in there as well, but uh, that is a very, very rugged finishing schedule. It will help you in the RPI, particularly if you win a game or two on the road out of, out of that batch. But that is going to be uh, – that's a rough go of it. And hopefully, you know, their, their net rankings hold on if they don't have a really – pristine record through the end of this i think it's the threat i mean it, it, the threat of injury you you get one critical injury on this team it could unravel the whole thing because of the lack of of depth needed to play uh hopefully they avoid that because they've had enough of that already surely the injury bug can't bite them again but that that to me seems to be the biggest threat because they're playing well enough i think they got enough on the resume even some of those tougher places they got to go are high enough net ranking opportunities that they're not going to kill you in the net rankings so they can win at home yeah. do okay on the road and just keep and stay healthy I, I think this is a team that will get in the tournament yeah i don't argue that point either tom and just think about what a ba- oh, that win at baylor had they been able to do it would have meant to their net rankings it would have been a huge i mean um definitely a big quadrant one win on the road and yeah it would have it, it would have meant a lot and um this is kind of eric musselman's take in recent days was you know we're playing a lot better uh, you think about the Missouri loss. They were up 10 with whatever, seven minutes to go. If you hang on and win that and win, beat Baylor, I mean, you're in fine shape. Um, yeah, who knows what the injury bug will do the rest of the way. I know guys like um, Mikael Mitchell and, and Graham um, and Anthony Black have all had, you know, contusions and injuries, you know, stuff that hasn't prevented them from playing, but they're having to do a lot of rehab. Uh, and who knows what the committee will do understanding that Trevon, uh, Trevin Brazil was out for the year after, you know, whatever point that was. And then Nick Smith has been hit and miss. And who knows, maybe they'll get him back and and can go on a little bit of a tear here as the season ends. Tom, you mentioned uh, some wear and tear of some of the guards. I think about the minutes that Ricky Council, Devontae Davis, and Anthony Black are starting to log. Is that a concern mm-hmm. with them, him kind of shifting to just seven guys, specifically the guards, on the amount of minutes they're playing each game? Yeah, I do think it's a concern. And um, I'm sure it's something they're going to have to be, you know, very closely monitor. 
Um, and, and, you know, for, you know, what their production looks like toward the end of games, uh, it's, it's good. You know, there's a lot of timeouts during games now. Uh, but yeah, I do believe that when your guys are among the tops in the league in minutes, it does have a cumulative effect. And, um, certainly those guys have had to play a lot. We haven't seen a whole lot of Darian Ford and, and Pinion in, in recent games. Uh, they've been trading out more on the uh, front court. Tom, I know that we've still gotten asked about Nick Smith, even by Jack Pilgrim, who works with Kentucky Sports Radio this morning. I expect him, if he does come back, to start playing either this Saturday or next Saturday, both are home games. If he doesn't, though, what kind of impact do you think that has on the team moving forward in either a negative and a positive way, kind of based on them coming together these last few games? Right. Well, here's the thing. They've had to understand what it's like to not have him. I mean, he was in California for a period of time where he wasn't even with the team. Um, now, when people have uh, speculated um, on social media that, hey, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to come back, he has come back with, you don't, you know, basically you don't know me then. And so it feels like he really wants to, and if they trust where his knee is, uh, then I suppose he will. And uh, I just feel like they'll obviously have to go through another transition period, how the minutes will go. Um, in the backcourt, but I think ultimately if he does come back, he, he's such a talent that it, it helps them, and I think the players uh, will understand that, hey, we're making a push for the NCAAs, we got to bond together uh, and um, accept this and, and go with it. So I, I, don't, I don't think it would, I mean, I guess the negative impact would be you thought you might get him and then you didn't, uh, but they can't, they can't think that way because they've been prepping game planning on a game-to-game basis without him. And so, in my view, everything you get, you get from Nick Smith from here on is gravy. Yeah, and and I don't think that'll just – you just plug him in and everything's smooth. There will be a two- or three-game transition period just to get him reacclimated to, to actual game minutes. Yep, that would certainly be the case. And, and I also think, you know, somewhat welcoming, based on what you guys were asking me about the minutes piling up, if Nick Smith is in the game, you can afford to rest Devos for some minutes. You can afford to rest Anthony Black in some games and, and Ricky Council. So I don't know. Um, I just think they'd there'd be a better hole, um, but you'd you'd rather have for him for as much down the stretch as you can. Those three right there are going to take you as however far those three take you is how far this team will go with or without Nick Smith. Yeah, and um, and in this game, the the Mitchell twins. Um, Jalen Grant, they've got to get in there and rebound. I mean, they have got to keep Sheboy from crushing them. Um, and um, <laughs> here's the thing, man. He's a very, very physical guy. And the refs sometimes determine how things are going to be called. There's going to be contested rebounds where he's in the, the behind position. Does he get called for an over the back? Uh, I mean, things like this all matter um, in Rupp Arena. I wonder, yeah, that was one of the things that we were contemplating about earlier, Tom, is just how this game's going to go tonight. Both teams are really physical. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of free throws tonight. Uh, one of the things that I think is going to impact, and Tommy said earlier, is three-point shooting. Now, the two guys to watch for Kentucky are Antonio Reeves and C.J. Frederick, the transfer from Iowa. For Arkansas, it's been Devo Davis. Uh, what have you thought on the amount of threes Devo's been taking, and do you think that's affected him getting to the rim and, and driving it all and sometimes settling for threes? Yeah, you know, when he was younger, we all thought that, or I thought that his best offense was just slashing through. I mean, creating contact, 
he had a nice little hanging jumper, uh, you know, some short stuff in the lane. But, you know, to his credit, you keep working on your game. You don't just settle for where you are. And his three-point shooting has clearly been better since conference play opened. I did a note on it the other day. I think it's in the 40% in the last, you know, handful of games. Uh, he's made four three-pointers in back-to-back games, and that's his career high. And so if you can do that, then there's a potential to make even more. I think he's been more judicious. I think Eric Musselman has talked to him about positioning of your feet. And he apparently Devo on the dribble uh, had a low shooting percentage. So he's taken less three-pointers on the move and more when his feet are set. And you saw in the South Carolina game, there was a few times he was wide open in the corners. His teammates found him, and he put some of those down. And um, if you're going to beat Kentucky, I don't think you can beat Kentucky making two or three three-pointers. I think you're going to have to get to the free throw line, and I think you're going to have to make five or six threes or more. You mentioned the games that you've gotten a chance to see in person at Rupp Arena. I saw actually a win for Baylor, which was kind of odd because not a lot of teams go into Rupp. Devo and company knows what it takes to win in there. Must and them did it two years ago. I know it's a different team, but what do you think Devontae's message is prior to them playing tonight about what it's going to take to get this win? Well, probably basically if we follow the game plan, we have the talent that it takes to go in here and and win tonight. Um, it's, it's the things I spoke about earlier. Rebounding, uh drawing fouls, getting to the free throw line, having a good three-point percentage, just being physical. Um, and uh, a lot of times there's a lot of things stacked up against you when you're in Rupp Arena, history and all that kind of stuff, and the fan base clearly. Um, I was at the game, I can't remember how many years ago this was, but Arkansas was in it right up to the end. Mike Anderson was still the coach. And uh, Tyler Hero elbows somebody right in the jaw on an inbounds pass that would have given the ball over to Arkansas and nothing was called. Um, and Jerry Tipton was even like pretty adamant about this. Like, look at the replay. I don't know if y'all remember that or not, but Arkansas had a chance to beat them the last time they were there. As Here well. is a punk, man. I did not like that guy. Don't like him in the NBA or at <laughs> Kentucky. He's a punk. Uh-oh. It may have been, a, it may have been an inadvertent elbow, but they were inbounding and Arkansas came to trap him. Or or some or he tried was trying to get positioning and he the elbow flew out and um, I can't remember who it hit but I think it was Jaylen, I'm sure there's a lot of I think it was Jalen Harris Tom if I remember that sequence right but uh, that was the game that Isaiah popped off for a bunch of threes in the first half Arkansas had a decent lead at Rupp at that half at half and then Kentucky just kind of ticked away I remember heroes at the line saying I'm a bucket to all the Arkansas players and I was like I hate this kid. Get the get, get him out of college basketball. Oh. Well, Rupp had changed its media seating, and we used to be on the baselines with you know pretty good view. And when when they won that game with sixteen to sixteen free throws, I was right there by the Arkansas bench. It was really cool. You could actually hear timeout talks and things like that. And by then, we were moved up into the into the upper stand, uh, so you, you you couldn't quite hear it as well. But it was a great view. Yeah. Tom, we'll leave it there, man. Appreciate the time. Hopefully Arkansas uh, comes battle-tested after tonight and uh, maybe get their first big road win. I know they beat South Carolina, but a huge road win that they could take away tonight. Yeah, it would be massive. Good talking to you guys. All right, Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, every Tuesday and Thursday with us here uh, on the Morning Rush.
This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.